The following program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. The views and medical recommendations of guests on Answers Live are not necessarily those of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. As always, consult your health professional regarding any medical decisions. Welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, making a partnership of good health. The studio lines are open for your calls and questions. Call 973-267-9687. Now, here's your host, Tom Wood. Good morning and welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, creating a partnership of good health. I'm your host, Tom Wood from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. We are the largest subspecialized neurosurgical group in the state of New Jersey with six offices located throughout the state for your convenience. Our newest one is in Bedminster, New Jersey at 2345 Lamington Road in Bedminster. And you can visit us online at www.ansdocs.com. Again, that's www.ansdocs.com. Also visit the Answers Live website, which is AnswersLiveNJ.com. Again, that's AnswersLiveNJ.com to listen to past shows. Send me some information about how you're liking the shows, uh, what different types of style shows you want me to run in the future. This is your, basically your show. So give me those tidbits that you like for me to run, and I'll definitely listen to them and keep them going for future shows. As you know, for the past several weeks, um, I've had the uh, astute honor of having Dr. Liz Mathias, as we call her, Dr. Liz, on the show for several times discussing uh, ADD. ADHD, uh, schools, um, how this works in schools, how it's affecting our children, and we got a lot of great feedback on that. So again, today I brought her back, and we're going to be talking a little bit more into that style um, with ADHD, and we're going to talk about learning styles in, in, in students that have this, um, I guess I would call it a disorder. Um, so good morning to you again, Dr. Liz. Thank you. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, most of our listeners know who you are, but real briefly again, just let everyone know um, your, your, of course, your name and exactly where your office is and how you see patients, how they can call and get a hold of you. Um, my name is Dr. Liz Mathias. Um, everyone calls me Dr. Liz. And uh, I have a private practice located in Persippany, New Jersey. Um, you can reach me by calling my office line, 973-400-8371, or visiting my website at www.psychconsult.weebly.com. Uh, my areas of specialty are autism, ADHD, anxiety, and learning disabilities. Um, I do a lot of parent coaching for uh, working with parents in these areas, uh, creating aligned parenting at home, and then taking that to school. I also work with parents uh, by going to school with them to uh, attend IEP meetings, 504 meetings, parent-teacher conferences to help parents advocate for their children. Um, the other additional thing that I do is I do psychoeducational testing. Uh, when parents don't want to go through the child study team, they come to me for private evals. I prepare the report and they give it to their school and they get the accommodations and possibly classification that they need. Okay, that's incredible. You're doing wonderful work. You've helped Thank me you. a lot, um, as most people know, listening to the show with my son, um, who was on a 504 plan. You've really helped my wife and I and, and put us in line. That's why today's exciting to learn a little bit more about the learning styles of, of uh, students with this. So, um, again, the past shows, we've really gone over ADD, ADHD, what it is. And, of course, um, anyone can visit the uh, Answers Live NJ website and re-listen to that. But today, I really 
really wanted to get more in-depth with the schools. Um, my experience in the school where my son is and hasn't been that great, um, and I'm sure there's students that are out there in the same situation, but I'm sure there's students that are doing wonderful in these uh, schools, and they're providing that. So I wanted to give all the parents listening a foundation on what we should expect um, for our, our children that have this diagnosis and what it actually is. So let's. how would you describe a student with uh, ADHD's learning style? Let's start there. Okay, it's a great place to start. A child with a ADHD tends to have a visual spatial learning style versus what a lot of other people have is called a logical sequential learning style. So a visual spatial is a person who learns predominantly through pictures and images, um, movies. And so this is a person who sees the big picture right away. They don't see the details, whereas your teacher and your traditional teacher teaches to your traditional student in the classroom by teaching a detail, 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 and then getting to the big picture. The child with the visual-spatial learning style sees the big picture right away. They have aha moments where they just get things. Things connect and they get it. And there isn't a real logical flow of ideas. And so it's very hard for that student to be able to break down a math problem and tell you exactly how they got that answer. And that's a very common thing where teachers go crazy saying, I need to see you solve the problem. Show me your work. And it's really hard for them because they don't know how they got the answer. They do these fantastical mental calculations and they arrive to the answer and it's right. If you ask them to break it down, they're not exactly sure how they got there. So what these children are predominantly, again, right brain dominant. So they're creative, they're imaginative, they're out-of-the-box thinkers. They, um, they enjoy school activities such as art, drafting, geometry, computer graphics, um, because they have good visual memory for details and they can see details in the environment, but they see the big picture. So taking a step back when these children are learning phonetics and reading, Looking at the independent phonemes is painful. So understanding that A makes the A sound or A is so hard. They just want to learn the word apple. And they want to associate it with the picture of an apple. And that's how they learn. They They take snapshots. They take mental snapshots. They play videos in their head. When you're giving them a sequence of events, they play a movie. They stop. They pause. They go back to the previous segment. They go forward a segment. But it's all very visually rich. And so they're very good at visual problem solving, visual estimation. Um, they learn best when taught using written, modeled, or diagrammed instruction, um, putting on a movie and showing them, um, let's say, how chemicals, or, or in chemistry rather, how atoms and molecules come together. That visual depiction is far more powerful than drawing it on the board and just talking about it. Right. If they can see it, if they can manipulate it with their own two hands, if they can have the whole body of experience. So um, for a lot of teachers who are onto this will bring in, they'll say, close your eyes and imagine that you are in, a, you know, in this place. What sensations are you having? How do you feel? And that is a far more powerful learning approach than throwing up a PowerPoint slide and going through a series of bullets. Right. Now, what, what um, I guess, um, subjects do you see children with um, ADHD having um, the most difficulty in? Um, with my son, he does really very well in all subjects except for math. Um, I haven't seen the really the point where, where he'll do an equation and just get it right in his head. He struggles in math 
uh, the way, no matter how they teach him. But are there certain subjects that they do better in? And um, why why would my son struggle so much in math? Do you think? Well, I think the math again. There's a lot of discrete elements in math. He'll probably thrive in like a geometry because there's a lot of visual and there's a lot of problem solving where you have to look at a series of figures and you have to, you know, understand their relation to each other and the angles and everything. And he could, he will likely be able to do that well. It's when you have to take these discrete pieces of information, these formulas and break it down, that's very painful for him. The other piece is when you have a teacher that doesn't teach to you the way that you learn there's a disconnect. If you don't have a good relationship with your teacher, that'll make a huge difference. If you have someone who's your cheerleader and teaching you the way that you learn, it's going to be a much better relationship. And that's something we have to remember about all our kids is our kids are going to learn better when they feel they're in an environment that's supportive and nurturing and where they're getting positive feedback. None of us like to be in an environment where you're not getting You know, if you're going in every day to work and you're getting negative feedback and you feel like I can't do anything right, you really don't want to go back. Right, exactly. You have the option to go and find a new job, but that student, where are they going to go? Right. (laughs) They're not going to pick up and move to a new school or a new class or ask for a new math teacher all the time. Right. And I do see that uh, personally with him at the school he's in uh, now that I think it is a big, big teacher problem there. Um, which we've talked to uh, uh, <laughs> offline. Um, how can a parent help his or her child with ADHD become more organized? Am I jumping the gun with that question? No, nope, okay. not at all. I, in line with the fact that these are visual spatial learners, so they learn through multisensory approaches, being able to see it and touch it and hear it. Multiple sensory modalities really cause help the information to become better consolidated in memory. So with that, using technology because organization is not a key um, strength for a lot of children with ADHD. And so they're going to need some help with the, with that. And this is in line very much with our last segment when I talked about my ACHIEVE program that I use with the students um, in my private practice where I really thrive on letting them use technology. They love their iPhones. They love their iPads. They love their laptops. Well, I don't resist it. Go with it. So if you don't want to write in your assignment pad, and you want to put it, you want to find an app. And I, t- and I say to my students, go home and do your, do your homework, which is find an app that you like that looks like an assignment pad that you can use easily. And that will convert into a calendar that you can look at that'll show you your upcoming assignments. And you could put events in there, um, upcoming sports, family events, social events, so that you, because again, they like to see the big picture. So if you're going to look at the big picture, then you need to see the whole calendar need to see the whole week, need to see the whole month, and that way they get an idea. Um, uh, using apps such as, um, there's one that's in particular, one that I like, it's called My Homework. Okay. Um, <clears throat> a lot of students like it. Using a calendar on the phone to keep track of upcoming events and tests is really helpful because they, there are alarms and reminders built in. So, you know, however you want to set up the reminders, you can do that using alarms as reminders. So for for young men and women who are now old enough and are taking medication, set your alarm. If you know you have to take your medication at 8 a.m. or 7.30 or whatever it is, and then again at night or whatever, um, you set an alarm and let it go off, and it reminds you to do that. I've I've also told students, if you want to start your homework at 4, set an alarm. If you know you want to be done by 9, set an alarm. Right. And setting the alarms on the phone now also takes that responsibility off of the parent and puts it on the student. 
And that's a really big piece of the program that I use is I want the student to have accountability. I want them to internalize these strategies because if they don't internalize them, they're mine and yours. Right. And then they're never going to really take them and use them as their own. It makes a lot of sense. How do you see schools adapting to that where, um, say my son went in and as the teacher's talking, he's taking his phone out where you're not supposed to have your phone now in school. And uh, let's say he's legitimately going into his homework app and he's entering it. Have you seen schools adapt that? Is that yes. something that I would have to, of course, on the 504 plan go um, and discuss with the school? And save, yes. your, save your answer on that. I'm going to take a quick break and we're going to answer that as soon as I get back. I'm Tom Wood of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. Suffering from neck or back pain can truly disrupt your life. Every day I hear of the stories of people whose lives have been devastated by nerve pain, but who are afraid to see a neurosurgeon. They're scared of surgery. But at Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists, we make getting back to the life you want possible using a variety of minimally invasive treatments. Our group of specialists are among the best trained doctors in the state, the leaders in stroke and minimally invasive spine and brain tumor procedures, and we view surgery as the last option. Don't be afraid to end your pain. Trust Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. We have eight offices throughout New Jersey and are affiliated with most healthcare systems. Call 973-285-7800 or visit us at ansdocs.com. That's ansdocs.com. Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist. We've truly got your back. Welcome back to Answers Live. I'm your host, Tom Wood from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist. I'm here again uh, with Dr. Liz, and we're discussing learning styles with ADHD. And right before the break, we left um, learning that there's some apps out there that can help children um, become organized and and remain organized um, with their homework, and it's actually called uh, My Homework App. So I was asking Dr. Liz, um, do schools allow that? Is that something that um, we have to work into the 504 plan? And while we're on that, let's start getting into that. Yes, just to to clarify, there's two types of plans that you can have for your child. Um, You need a diagnosis, first and foremost, for a 504 plan. And ADHD has to impact your student's ability to function and to access the general ed curriculum. So with that said, you get a 504 plan reviewed on an annual basis, and it has accommodations. does not have a program for your child. So if your child needs extra help in class, needing like in-class support or resource pullout, that won't be available to your child. But if you need accommodations, that's possible. An IEP is an individualized education plan. There's a a testing process that goes, that happens. As I said, I I provide those evaluations that parents take to the child study team or the child study team will do the evaluation. Consists of an educational, psychological, and they're basically looking to see where is the IQ, a cognitive and intellectual capability, educational achievement, where is the child functioning in all those domains, and then how ADHD is impacting that. So then that gives you a program and it also gives you related services such as OT, physical therapy, OT meaning occupational therapy, physical therapy or speech therapy, as well as counseling and behavioral services as well. Okay. Yes, you can get into your student's uh, 504 plan or IEP to be able to use technology. Um, For children who have great um, need where they're not able to communicate, like children who may be on the autistic spectrum who are nonverbal, you can get what's called an assistive technology evaluation and you find different ways of using technology to help your child function. 
That might not necessarily be the case, but I just wanted to mention there is such a thing called as an assistive technology evaluation that you re- can request from your child study team. Okay. Um, but in your 504 plan, you can have it that your, your child is going to take notes via iPad or is going to use an app on their phone or iPad. And I think schools are more open to the iPad versus the phone coming out um, because it's a bigger screen and they can monitor it a little right. bit better just right. to make sure that the student is not taking advantage of it and playing games when they should be listening and to texting, uh, yeah. correct. So, <clears throat> yes, it absolutely can be added in there. Um, so some strategies to put into to the um, 504 plan or IEP would be, and these are also things that you can do at home when working with your child on homework and learning, studying, stuff like that. So associating concepts with details, let's say for a test, so you're, again, using that multisensory approach. So if you're trying to help your child learn dates for a history test, which is very detail-oriented and very much not up their alley at all, you may want to use a whiteboard or colored note cards or something where they can write, let's say, 1953, and they can write that on the board in a particular color and then do a drawing around it. Okay. And then they're making the association between 1953 and history and this war or battle or whatever it may be. So it needs to be interactive and dynamic. Otherwise, it's just a date and it falls out of their head. I mean, I don't think it's a shock to anyone when I say children with ADHD, they have a very poor sense of time. They also, they don't really care for the details. What's the, you know, what's the bottom line? And then in the classroom, once they have that big picture, they don't understand why the teacher is still going. They gotcha. want this teacher to stop. Like, okay, I got it. Come on, let's move on. Give me more. Tell me the next piece. And they're still teaching detail, 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 big picture. And he's like, I got the big picture like five minutes ago. Right. So using visual aids, such as overhead projectors, if anyone even does that anymore, smart boards, um, visual imagery and lectures, bringing in videos. And there needs to be a visual component to the learning uh, because that's how they really take it in. They take mental snapshots, like they have cameras in their eyes, they take snapshots, and that's how they learn. Right. So using manipulatives and allowing for hands-on, experientially-based learning. So if they can go through and learn a concept by doing it or experiencing it, then it's really going to stick. Okay. Using sight approaches to reading rather than phonics, like we were talking about. Um, so rather than trying to teach just uh, independent phonemes, you're teaching a whole word. Right. And understanding that that's how they learn. So letting them do that. Right. Reading something uh, jumps out for me, too. When, <clears throat> when you're trying to remember something, even for me, I'll, I'll read something 10 times and I just have a hard time comprehending it. I noticed that also with my son and another, a couple other children I know with ADHD. Is there a better way to, to read for people like this? Yes. If, if you can read out loud, act it out, um, and, and use a lot of emphasis and intonation in your voice... It'll stand out more. Okay. Stopping and saying, tell me about the picture in your head. What do you see happening in, the, in this chapter? What happened? And they'll play the video back for you. So reading out loud is, again, you're seeing the words with your eyes, but then hearing them with your ears. So that's multiple senses. Using the intonation, trying to act it out is using other modalities. And so now there's multiple senses coming in and the information is just, it just impressed in memory better. Gotcha. Makes sense. Um, <clears throat> using visualization approach to spelling, show the word, have them close their eyes and visually, excuse me, 
Visualize. <clears throat> Visualize it. Then have it spell. Have them spell it backwards. Spell it forwards. Write it once. So do you see how you're manipulating all of the all right. of the information in a way that is rich? It's not just you know four times four is sixteen. That's boring. That's really boring. It seems to me they need to, uh, I guess, devise a classroom for visual per- perception times of children where you can have a teacher. And just put it, because there's a lot of children with this. So to I me, know. it's like so frustrating instead of having these 504s, just putting these kids in a, a classroom where they no. don't feel different than anyone else and the learning styles to teach them that way. You know? Well, ideally, I'd love to create every classroom where this is happening for all the students because right. it's a big picture approach to learning. And there's nothing wrong with that, even for the logical sequential learner. Right. They'll get the details. They thrive on the details. It's like just a pro- multiple senses just helps everybody to learn better. Right. So nobody is at a disadvantage from being exposed to this type of learning. So avoiding rote memorization. And I can share a story about a, a, a young man that I was working with a couple of years ago. His mother said to me, I was working with him over the summer. He doesn't have his me- multiplication tables down. Can you teach it to him? So, you know, knowing how I learned it, and I'm a logical sequential learner, took out my note cards. And I said, come on, let's go. And he pretty much looks at me like there is no chance that I'm going to take those note cards and flip them and memorize this. Like, I'm going to make you eat them. Right. And I was like, okay, so maybe we won't do that. So I, t- I did my research, and I was like, how am I going to teach him his, his multiplication table? I went and got a poster board, and I wrote the numbers 0 to 12, horizontal and vertical. I drew all the lines, and I said to him, figure this out. And he started finding patterns and shortcuts, and that's how he learned the multiplication table, because then he could, when he was going back and referring to a particular fact, he could close his eyes and see it on the chart as a whole and then he went and picked out the detail he needed as opposed to this rote memorization. Rote memorization is the most horrible thing you can ask a visual spatial learner to do. Right. They just don't like it. It's right. boring. Right. And if they're averse to learning that way, then the information will never get in. Right. So, um, again, avoiding drill and repetition. Have them do the hardest task in the unit. Give them advanced, abstract, complex material at a fast pace. They like that. They do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Allow them to accelerate. Let them move on to the next thing. So if, you know, the unit ends and the rest of the class is okay with, okay, this is what it is, but there's a couple kids who are saying, what's more? Show me more. I want more. Then give them, let them do something on top of that that really helps them understand the concept on a higher level because they enjoy that higher level stimulation. Right. To them, that's like, wow, I get it. I not, And they not only got that simple concept you're trying to teach, now they get it on a bigger, bigger scale. So relating it to real world is really nice for them. Okay. So not just how do chemicals and molecules and atoms come together, but what does that mean for me here and now? Right. That is true. I do notice when my son talks, I refer to him, and he's very descriptive in what he's trying to say. And, and there is a grand picture, like you said, a movie, which is which is something, I guess, that, that helps him with that. Um, if a child with uh, ADHD needs an IEP, um, what is his or her classification? How, how do parents know that? The classification for a child with um, ADHD is other health impaired. It's OHI. That's the short way of, of you know speaking the lingo. And <clears throat> you're showing that basically the inattention, focus, possibly hyperactivity and impulsivity is impacting that child's ability to access the general ed curriculum. So they need it modified perhaps in a particular way so that they can have it better. So these things that we just talked about, these strategies can all be incorporated into a 504 plan or an IEP. The, the, some of these may 
depends on your school district. Some school districts will say we can do this with a 504 plan and some will say, no, you need an IEP because you may need another teacher in the class to modify the work, to perhaps take a group of kids who have this preference for learning this way and take them and give them a different assignment or give the assignment to everyone, really, and let them all thrive. But it's just it's a it's a way of learning that not a lot of teachers have really caught on to. Um, We're still teaching in our rote repetition way, which kids, you know, they understand it, but then after they take their test, they're done. Right. And how do teachers learn this? Uh, And again, I refer back to my son. I know his teacher particularly is an older woman um, that, for me, doesn't seem to adapt to this very well. Um, Are all teachers put through a training, or is it kind of... No, unfortunately, there is no real training. No, it's as you're a part of the school system and you have special education teachers who work with the general education teachers, they kind of learn by going through the process. And it depends on anybody's openness to it. Their interaction with the child study team will also help. Consultation with the school psychologist or the social worker, the learning specialist, they'll catch on that way. But there is, you know, I know when I was talking to some of the general ed teachers when I was in the public school, they're like, yeah, we had one class on special education. Right. One class. Because that's what it seems to me. This is an effort for my son's teacher. And, um, you know, it's just, thankfully he's doing well, um, but it's with us working with him and actually learning a lot from you and helping uh, in that that respect, but um, his maturity has helped a lot also. Um, definitely, I think the hormones have chilled out a little bit <laughs> at 14. Um, but it was rough there for a while, but um, his attention span is, is getting better as he ages. But um, in closing of the show, what else do you want um, listeners to know as a take-home message for this topic today? Know that your child is an out-of-the-box learner, and you can't expect them to, to learn through that rote repetition. Um, really advocate for your child. If you can't do it alone, obviously call for help. Um, and your child learns differently. They're out-of-the-box thinkers. They're creative. And that's not a bad thing. That's a wonderful thing. I think this learning style, I really respect it and admire it, and I try to force my own brain to think this way because it's th- these brilliant people who have gone on to make amazing things I'm sure, <laughs> our visual spatial learners, right. you know, the people who go out and they think about, what if we did this? We know, what if we made an iPad? Right. Some, a complete system that was all based on touch. Right. You know? And the, the logical sequential learner is going to go in the box and think about what's practical. The, the visual spatial learner is someone who thinks out of the box and to just go with it and find out more because there's such a richness. Right. And, and just wonderful. listening to you for the past couple of weeks, I definitely feel that's my learning style. So I guess I, my son inherited it from <laughs> me. Um, and there isn't nothing wrong with that. I've done very well myself. Sure. I think it's, the, it's a fun way to learn, um, <laughs> but it's not the popular way. So that's, I guess, where we, uh, we come against a brick wall. But again, I want to thank you so much for touching base on this uh, topic again. I will be back with Dr. Liz uh, in the next couple of weeks. We're going to do a verily, uh, probably another segment uh, of several shows on autism. So uh, keep listening for those promos and when that will be uh, coming to you. Again, Dr. Liz, thank you so much. One more time, what's the number uh, for people to reach you? 973-400-8371. And my website is www.psychconsult.weebly.com. Also, for those who have any questions that maybe we didn't answer today, um, you're more than welcome to email me at matthias.elizabeth at gmail, 
and I'm happy to, to respond to you. I'll probably put it on my website as well so other people can benefit from your thoughts. Okay, great. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Again, visit AnswersLiveNJ.com to re-listen to this show and any of past shows. I'm Tom Wood from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist. Have a wonderful Sunday. Join us again next week for Answers Live, your community medical connection making a partnership of good health. The preceding program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. The views and medical recommendations of guests on Answers Live are not necessarily those of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. As always, consult your health professional regarding any medical decisions.